0: The lesson today is A Temple Restored, and we're going to find this in Ezra chapter 2 through chapter 6. Now, the exiles in Babylon were graciously granted permission to return home to Judah, with the express purpose of rebuilding the temple of the Lord. Immediately, they set out to lay the foundation— which resulted in cries of joy from the young, but tears from the old. But then outside, opposition to this work set in with physical as well as political threats. The result was a delay in the construction and a loss of motivation in the people. They would need a prophetic word and the Lord's intervention to help them complete the house of God. God's people faced opposition from some enemies who were living in the land of Judah. They raised questions with the highest authority about the integrity of the Jews' claim that they were to rebuild the temple. Because they faced these challenges, the Lord provided his people with encouragement and his providential working so that the temple could be rebuilt and the people could rejoice in the Lord. Now, the first um, point of this lesson is that the people obey because of divine encouragement. We're going to find this in Ezra chapter 4, verses 24 to chapter 5, verse 2. Now, the construction of God's house in Jerusalem had stopped and remained at a standstill until the second year of the reign of King Darius of Persia. But when the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, son of Edo, prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem, in the name of the God of Israel who were over who was over them, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel and Jeshua, son of Zod- Z- Zos- Zed- ah, Josadak, began to rebuild God's house in Jerusalem. The prophets of God were with them, helping them. So after the Jews had returned to the Promised Land with the mission and encouragement to build the temple on account of Cyrus' decree in Ezra chapter 1 verses 1 through 4, they faced repeated challenges and opposition to its construction. Verse 24 picks up following the historical events that occurred in Ezra chapter 4 verses 1 through 5. Shortly after the work had begun, opposition came against the people. Rebuilding efforts were not only slowed, they were actually stopped entirely. Two years after their return, the former exiles completed and celebrated the foundation of the new temple being laid. But then we see opposition come. For a significant amount of time, nothing happened on the rebuilding project. In Haggai chapter 1 verses 1 through 11, it describes the Lord rebuking the people for taking time to build their own houses, while the house of the Lord remained in ruins. Economic hardships and drought would further exasperate the delay of the temple's rebuilding. Ezra chapter 4 verse 24 records that the building resumed in the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia around 520 BC, suggesting that the delay was approximately 15 years in duration. The opposition described in this verse would be a continual struggle during the rebuilding of the temple and the city of Jerusalem itself, as Ezra chapter 4 verses 6 through 23 indicates. At times, the opposition would be effective in stopping The building and causing great discouragement. At every moment when progress was attempted, resistance seemed to grow. Now, two prophets are specifically mentioned in Ezra chapter 5 verse 1, Haggai and Zechariah. These two prophets had their words recorded in separate books um, in the Bible called by their names. These prophets were given a specific task, They were to prophesy to the Jews by speaking the word of God to the post-exilic community in Judah and Jerusalem. Their task was to reprove, correct, and instruct the people regarding the rebuilding of the temple. For quite some time, the task of rebuilding the temple had stopped because of the opposition that the people faced. Now, these two prophets came with the life-giving words of the God of Israel so that the people would hear the authoritative word of the Lord and obey his voice. Their messages were a reminder that the God of Israel had not abandoned them. Rather, the sending of his prophets was an act of merciful love to remind the discouraged and faint-hearted Jews that their God was still over them. The prophetic word of the Lord was heeded by Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel, and, had, and Jeshua, the son of Z- Josedek, both mentioned earlier in Ezra chapter 2, verse 2. These two key leaders had led the returnees back. Zerubbabel served as a governing, governing official in connection to the Davidic line. Jeshua was the high priest who gave direction and leadership to the temple servants. Together these men heeded the word of the Lord and led the people to continue the rebuilding efforts that Cyrus had decreed much earlier. Just as the Lord had roused the spirit of Cyrus and the hearts of the people, now the Lord was rousing the spirits of his leaders by his all-powerful word. These prophets, however, were not mere preachers of the word of the Lord. They were with them, helping them. The word of the Lord was so great that it stirred leaders and prophets to action. Because of God's word to the prophets, and because of the prophetic word, work among the people, God's people were roused again to take up the task that they had been given. Standing together with the people, Haggai and Zechariah brought the necessary encouragement from the Lord to enable the people to move forward. This task was not merely one That had been permitted by Cyrus. The rebuilding of the Lord's temple was actually the very will of God for his people to accomplish. Because it was the Lord's will the Lord would ensure that his people had everything necessary to do and complete his good work. The word of the Lord brought encouragement to the people to obey his commands. And because the Lord had given them his commands... He would ensure their obedience by intervening for them in the day of trouble now the second point of this lesson is that the people succeeded because of divine intervention and we find this in ezra chapter 6 verses 13 to 15 then Tatnai, governor of the region west of the euphrates river Shethir Bezani and their colleagues diligently carried out what King Darius had decreed. So the Jewish elders continued successfully with the building under the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah son of Edom. They finished the building according to the command of God of Israel and the decrees of Cyrus, Darius, and King Artaxerxes of Persia. This house was completed on the third day of the month of Adar in the sixth year of the reign of King Darius. Now, Ezra chapter 6 begins with King Darius of Persia commanding that there be a search for the decree by Cyrus. The, per- the Persian leaders in Judah had requested from Darius proof of permission for the Jews to actually rebuild the temple. A search was conducted revealing that Cyrus indeed had decreed that the temple be rebuilt in Jerusalem. To Tatnai and Shetharabozani, two Persian officials in the region of Judah, along with their companions, Darius gave his permission for the temple to be rebuilt. And he also included that his officials were to assist the Jews with supplies for the temple construction and the offerings for Jewish worship. Now, Darius' edict was so strong that it included a warning to anyone who would interfere with the temple rebuilding. Let a beam be torn from his house and raised up. He will be impaled on it, and and his house will be made into a garbage dump because of this offense. May the God who caused his name to dwell there overthrow any king or people who dares to harm or interfere with this house of God in Jerusalem. So the work was to be done with all diligence, just as it had begun with all their diligence. The result of Darius's edict was a complete obedience by the Persian officials with them diligently carrying out everything that King Darius had decreed. Certainly the threat of impalement would have spurred them on to follow every order with great eagerness. Tad and I had also been a diligent Persian leader, checking in with Darius about the decree of Cyrus, waiting for confirmation, and then fulfilling the king's commands to their full extent. All of these events, however, happened because of the gracious intervention of, the, of God, watching over the Jewish elders and ensuring that their hearts would stay devoted To his work to rebuild his temple, as well as to restore his worship. Now, the result of the decree by Darius was that the temple was finally completed, but the the way that the temple was completed was by the mighty hand of God, orchestrating all of the events and the people. First, with the encouragement of Haggai and Zechariah to spur on the Jewish leaders, as we read in Ezra chapter five, verses one and two. Second, God used Cyrus, the Persian king, whose spirit was roused by the Lord to issue the edict for the Jews to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple of the Lord. God was also working in Darius, a later king, who confirmed the edict of Cyrus after a diligent search and thus affirmed the work, and God worked in Artaxerxes, the final Persian king mentioned in this passage. Whose later decrees contributed in permitting the reconstruction projects that would take place, as described in Ezra chapter seven through ten, and also in Nehemiah chapters one through six. Since the temple was completed on the third day of the month of Adar in the sixth year of Darius's reign, Adherxerxes was included to show how that the Lord would continue to move the hearts. A foreign leader, so that his city would be reestablished, clearly, the one behind all of the actions according regarding the temple was all the Almighty God of Israel. By his power, the Lord put his words into the mouths of his prophets to encourage the leaders and people to rebuild the temple. Further, it was the Lord who moved the spirit of Cyrus to make the initial decree and it was the Lord who worked in the lives of Darius and later in Artaxerxes, so that his purposes were accomplished. Once the rebuilding resumed, it took four years of diligent work until the completion of the temple. The specific dating by Darius's reign may be included to remind the reader of Jeremiah's prophecy. The time for Jerusalem's destruction and the sacking of the temple in 586 B.C. to the completion of the temple around 515 B.C., might account for the 70 years that Jeremiah had actually prophesied regarding the exile. The people's obedience to God's command resulted in the successful completion of the temple and resulted in the people rejoicing in the sovereign Lord of of Israel and who is actually the Lord of even history itself. Now, the third point is the people rejoice because of divine sovereignty. We find this in Ezra chapter 6 verses 16 to 22. Then the Israelites, including the priests, the Levites, and the rest of the exiles, celebrated the dedication of the house of God with joy. For the dedication of God's house, they offered 100 bulls, 200 rams, and 400 lambs, as well as 12 male goats as a sin offering for all Israel, one for each Israelite tribe. They also appointed the priests by their divisions and the Levites by their groups to the service of God in Jerusalem, according to what was written in the book of Moses. The exiles observed the Passover on the 14th day of the first month. All of the priests and Levites were ceremonially clean because they had purified themselves. They killed the Passover lamb for themselves, their priestly brothers, and all the exiles. The Israelites who had returned from exile ate it together with all who had separated themselves from the uncleanliness of the Gentiles of the land in order to worship the Lord, the God of Israel. They observed the festival of unleavened bread for seven days with joy, because the Lord had made them joyful, having changed the Assyrian king's attitude toward them, so that he had supported them in the work on the house of God of Israel. With the completion of the temple, all the people came together to commemorate what God had done. The dedication included the temple servants, the priests, and the Levites, along with the rest of the people who had returned from exile to actually rebuild the temple. The dedication resulted in great joy as they offered a sacrifice of praise to God. When Solomon offered up sacrifices at the completion of the first temple, the offerings and sacrifices could not be counted or numbered. Here, they actually were numbered and were not as great as before. Regardless, this was a celebration because the people's center. Identity and focus had been restored through the building of the temple and the restoration of worship. The offerings of 12 male goats for a sin offering reflects two aspects of Israel's restored worship. First, the sin offering was for all of Israel with the 12 animals representing all 12 tribes of Israel. Second, the sin offerings were given as an acknowledgment that the whole nation had broken the covenant and had rightfully been disciplined by being sent into exile. The people joyfully obeyed the word of the Lord doing exactly what had been commanded in the book of Moses, showing their wholehearted devotion to the Lord. Further, the appointment of priests and Levites, as Moses had instructed, followed the pattern that Kings David and Solomon had set for the worship of god at the first temple this joyful worship reflected the people's delight that the lord was their covenant-keeping god the one who ruled over them by his presence the restoration of worship at the temple included the celebra- the celebration of the passover as well as the festival of unleavened bread the whole community of returnees worshiped the lord at passover about a month after the temple had been completed. After Passover, they celebrated the festival of unleavened bread, eating bread without yeast for seven days. These celebrations were a reminder of God's judgment passing over every house with the blood on the doorpost, sparing the firstborn from death. These were a remembrance of their deliverance by God from the bondage of slavery and death in Egypt. Now, as Israel celebrated these festivals during the days of Ezra, they became a reminder of a new exodus. God's people had been brought out of exile and into the land of promise to worship the Lord. The priests and Levites purified themselves as the law of Moses required and offered the Passover lamb for all the people, separating the Israelites as holy people of a holy God. And they rejoiced because they knew God was at work from beginning to end. As glorious as the renewed temple was during Ezra's day, the fire that had come and consumed the offering and the glory that had descended upon the first temple did not happen in the second temple. The prophet Ezekiel had told of a day when the glory of the Lord would return to his holy temple. It would be another 500 years before that glory would appear in the temple. When Jesus came into the temple following his triumphal entry, Mark chapter 11 verse 11 tells us that he entered and looked around, and no one noticed that the King of glory had returned. But in Jesus Christ, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. That glory came and dwelt among humanity. By coming to us, Jesus has shown us what the Father is like. God shines his revelation of glory into our hearts by his spirit, and we we are being built into a holy temple of the Lord. This should cause us to worship and praise God for his sovereign work of making us holy and blameless in Christ. Now I want to close this lesson with a voice from the church. The God of the universe has spoken. We believe what he says, and we will obey. We will make a decision that we will hold in the face of all opposition an apparent contradiction. The powers of hell can never prevail against the soul that takes its stand on God and on his word. That was the great missionary Elizabeth Elliot, who was with us from 1926 to 2015. Now, I want to close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and just thank you for your restorative power. You not only restored the temple, but you restored your children to their rightful home, just as you are restoring us today through the power of your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I ask that you be with those who are sick and hurting today and be with those who are suffering in any way, Lord, just surround them with your grace and mercy and show them your restorative power to the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would guide and direct everyone that listens to this lesson. Give them the power and the words that they need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others this week. And I ask that the Holy Spirit guide and direct everyone's steps who listens to this lesson, as well as to me, your servant. And I pray, Lord, that you would guide us and direct us and be with us through this coming week. For it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.